Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. Hey, that's Craig. How you doing, man? Great. How are you, Jared? I'm good. I'm excited to do this. Uh, yes. You know, we've talked about it for some time, and uh, now we're finally doing the podcast. It was cool hearing you announce it on Sunday. I, yeah. To be honest, I, I wasn't sure that you were going to do that, but... Uh, I commit. I committed us. It One, went well. W- once I said that, yeah. it was clear it was happening. It, it was great. Yeah, it made it official, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, I figure a good way to start would just, uh, you know, you, you touched on why we're doing the podcast a little bit uh, on Sunday when you made the announcement. But uh, I thought it might be helpful for people to hear a little bit more about, you know, the kind of what we have mi- in mind for this and, and the kind of resource it can be for the church. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, it, it may have sounded like sort of a sudden idea on Sunday, like maybe I came up with it Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> but actually, the genesis of this idea is mm, that was uh, very biblical. Yes. The genesis of this idea <laughs> is, as I recall, now you, I don't know if your memory is the same, but I remember about a year and a half ago, roughly. Um, for a breakfast meeting with you, and we were at uh, Rudy's mm. having breakfast tacos. Yes, I was having brisket, bacon, egg, and cheese. And it's uh, delicious. Yes, the reason I remember that's because that's what I always get. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, we were talking, and you pitched the idea, as I recall. Hey, what about if we did a podcast where you could talk about some of the things um, from the Sunday message? Maybe some things you didn't get to, things that people have questions about. People could ask about it. You could, we could flesh it out uh, and how to. Um, you know, apply things practically in our lives. And so that was a year and a half ago. And uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. And here it is. We're finally here. We're finally here. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's how I remember. And the idea was just, you kind of had that idea and we thought, you know, we could share resources, um, things um, that would, uh, would help, you know, go deeper in application of the text. Uh, We could also talk about upcoming things in the life of the church, what's going to be happening, uh, some visionary things in the life of the church. Uh, maybe bring a guest here or there on uh, with us. So anyway, Absolutely. those are some of the things we uh, thought about, and that, that's what we're hoping uh, to do. And thought, um, even though it was a while back, this idea you know, came up, we thought, well, let's, uh, it'd be great to start off with this uh, series, The Good Life. And so we just picked this point. We're three, three messages in, but uh, we thought, hey, let's, uh, let's do it now. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, there, a, a lot of it came about even just in, a, in the mindset of thinking that, um, in my own experience, I know there's so many other things going on in the church life, church body, sure. uh, even with, you know, the square or, or you know, uh, Grace Kids that, I, you know, I'm just not connected to those kind of spheres of church, uh, you know, life. Right. Uh, and so it'd be cool to be able to connect, you know, people in our church to, to the other people at the same church yeah. that are doing, um, you know, maybe involved in different ministries and just help us connect uh, to each other a little bit more. Yes. So I think this is going to be great. So, um, yeah, so like you were just mentioning, we've been in the Good Life series, uh, just kind of talking through the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. And uh, this past Sunday, you talked through uh, what it looks like to be salt and light. And uh, you you mentioned uh, in verse 13 um, something that that struck me, just Jesus' warning against salt losing its saltiness. Yes. uh, At at which point it would be thrown out because it's worthless. Right. Um, You helped us to see that this is a picture of believers who are meant to be distinct from their culture, who have become, um, who have become diluted and aren't 
effective anymore. They're not effective witnesses for Christ because they're deluded. Um, and so it's interesting, like there's kind of this dichotomy there of saying like be engaged with culture, um, but you know, don't become deluded in culture. Um, so what are some common ways that Christians do become deluded and how can we avoid becoming deluded and losing our distinctness? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think a, a short answer would be any time that we are uh, living, uh, you know, sort of a consistently sinful lifestyle, patterns of sin often, uh, you know, obviously mute our witness, mute our distinctiveness. That's, the, that's a simple answer. Yeah. A second answer, one I gave uh, in the sermon on Sunday, would just have to do with this, uh, the Beatitudes. I think you can read down the Beatitudes, read down the list of them and say, okay, as I, the farther I get away from seeing my need for God, being poor in spirit, yeah. uh, more living a life mourning over my sin and the brokenness of our culture and world, uh, the farther I get away from meekness, the farther I get away from distinctiveness. So mm. I think that would be one as well. But I have a, a, a third application, which we didn't talk about Sunday, but a third way to think about this, you know, what in what ways can I become diluted? What ways can I become absorbed into the culture such that I lose my distinctiveness? I think we need to look at the world around us and ask uh, the question, what are the sort of cultural idols yeah. uh, that we live amongst? N- not those idolaters, but because we are as well. You know, where am I tempted to go with the flow and look just like my culture? What are the sort of cultural idols in our city? What are the uh, what are the sort of institutional idols um, yeah. where I go to school or where I work? I mean, um, corporations have clusters of, uh, you know, sort of unspoken idolatries at times. And so I think we we want to say, okay, I don't want to adopt the mindset of my culture, uh, you know, uh, in totality. I don't want to adopt all its practices unquestioning, unquestioningly. Yeah. Um, and the risk is that we don't see, uh, we don't see what we're like. We don't see uh, the goals and the values of those around us um, and how at times they're so different than kingdom values and we get absorbed and we become a diluted and mm. become unsalty. So it's difficult to see the sort of cultural idols around us, which we so easily buy into. I love this. Um, I've seen it quoted a number of times, this uh, famous sort of commencement address at Kenyon College. In 2005, uh, the author, David Foster Wallace, uh, who's an intellectual, uh, really a, uh, an insightful guy, he was, mm. uh, he was making their uh, commencement a speech to the graduates at this liberal arts college. And he opened his speech with sort of a familiar story that's told. He, he says this, he says, there's two young fish swimming along and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit. And then eventually one of them looks at the other one and goes, what the heck is water? And, uh, <laughs> The point being, it's obvious that we don't know what we're swimming in. You know, we're just, it's just so familiar we yeah. don't see. And so when I think about where we live in Frisco, I'm not casting any stones on at, towards anybody, throwing any stones, but I love this place. But this is a crazy place. This is not reality. <laughs> this is not the rest of the world at all. Uh, we, we, everyone's moving here. You know, every metric uh, that I read of says that this is the best place to live in the country, et cetera, et cetera. But it is so easy to just give in to the sort of the idols of our yeah. Our culture, things like image, mm. success, wealth, um, attractiveness. Those are things. Things like Im- giving a, a portraying a successful image is just 
all around us and yeah. it's so easy, yeah. isn't it? Just to say, well, that's that's just kind of life here. Whereas you could go somewhere else where that maybe that's not as prominent right. and pronounced and uh, you don't feel yourself sort of anxious uh, about, uh, am I projecting the right image like you do in a place in a place like Frisco, you know? Right. So I think that's something to look at. Boy, that's very common here. Now, mm. where's that in my heart? How am I seeking to project an image? Another idol here would be uh, family. People move here because of their families. And, uh, you know, an idol is not a bad thing necessarily. It can be um, a good thing that we want too much. Mm. And uh, so if my family is everything, the success of my children is everything, I'm willing to sacrifice all kinds of stuff to ensure that they are uh, successful. That kind of a, you know, a child-centered home where everything's centered around them, that can be uh, something that's good. The gift of children can be something that's actually too important. I remember when mm. we first moved here, uh, just seeing things I was unfamiliar with. And, and if anybody has this, please, I'm not, I'm not judging you. But when we first moved here, I remember seeing like monuments in the front yard with a oh, football yeah. and Billy number 14 on it, you know? And so <laughs> yeah. it'd be like a football or a baseball glove in the front yard, just saying everybody, Billy plays football, you yeah, know, yeah, or yeah. stickers on the window, you know, and this sort of stuff. It was mm -hmm. like, man, it's all about my kids, something yeah. like So the temptation can be as a parent, are we doing enough for our kids? Are they having enough experiences? Are they keeping up? And there's all this. Right. So we live for that. Yeah. You know? It's like getting caught up in the momentum there. And Absolutely. Everything. It's really interesting you, you mentioned that. I mean, because Sarah and I, we've lived here now, uh, has it been three years now? Coming up on three years, wow. two and a half years or yeah. three and a half years. I don't even know. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> it's while. It's been so long. So, been um, but I just noticed even going back to Cleveland, uh, you know, it's it's interesting how mundane, you know, kind of the, the richness of the area has sure. you know, become to me. Um, you know, Cleveland is by no means a very, very... Uh, I don't know, wealthy city, right, right. you know, there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of, um, you know, yeah, just a lot of poverty. People are not as, you know, affluent as they are here. Sure. Um, and so moving here, I remember just being like, wow, there's Lamborghinis everywhere. Yeah, and right. That's a Bentley. What is yeah, that? Yeah, doing? Yeah, you yeah, know, right. and, and you just, you know, now I don't even notice these things, but it's interesting, um, that, that you kind of make a point of even on the idea of family, these things that are good gifts that, that God has given to right. us to, to be stewards of, to do well with even our images were called sure. to be a, to live above reproach <clears throat> and sure. to, to represent Christ. But it's interesting that uh, you kind of point out the fact that one of the ways that we're diluted into our culture is by taking these good gifts that God has given us and and kind of elevating them to that idol status, yeah. uh, just like the surrounding culture does. They're taking God's good gifts and and making idol, idols out of things that are, are meant to point us to him right. for his goodness. And um, yeah, I, I mean, that that is super practical, I think. Um, you know, just in terms of like the wealth and everything, we, you know, I think it'd be super tempting to just kind of think, wow, that, that is what life is about, right. you know? For so. sure. If I could add one more, yeah. <clears throat> I think another one is busyness mm. where we can take our identity in these things. You know, I yeah. am busy, therefore I am important, therefore mm. I matter. Yeah. I'm busy, therefore my life has meaning. Uh, when actually busyness is probably a sign that my life is oftentimes shallow and scattered and mm. lacks meaning, the very opposite. Mm. But we, we, so we get caught up in activity and busyness. We have to be involved in all of these things um, and there's no margin so easily. Mm. So I, I, again, these are things, I'm not pointing to the, you know, the big bad world out there. This is in me, this is right. in the church, but it's, it's the kind of things in our culture that, that, that may be good things, activity, work, these are good things, but good things elevated to ultimate things or yeah, idols. Yeah. And so I, what we want to do is like the fish, 
uh, we want to recognize we're in the water. We want to be discerning. And so I think, uh, you know, uh, to avoid being diluted, it starts with being alert mm. uh, to what kind of temptations surround me, what kind of mindsets surround me, how am I drawn into that, and then seeking by God's grace, um, by his word, through community with other uh, believers who are trying to swim against the, the current as well, yeah. that, that we then say, Lord, how can I be salt and how can I be light in a world that is uh, elevating whatever it is, <clears throat> image, wealth, busyness, yeah. um, you know, inordinate desires for my family, whatever it is. Yeah, so. that's, that's really, really helpful. Well, you made an important point uh, regarding Jesus' call to believers to shine the light of God's love through our good works. Um, and you spent a few minutes expanding on that fact, uh, just pointing out that we're not saved by our good works, rather we're saved for good works. Right. And, and this is such an important distinction. And to that point, you said this, you said, if you miss this point, you miss the Christian faith entirely. Um, and so I, th I think for a lot of people, they understand where you're going with that. But just for us all, it's always good to be reminded of this. Why is this distinction on good works so important for believers? Yeah, right. Um, I think it's so important because our natural tendency is to earn and is to merit. You know, yeah. we all feel that way. I want to, I don't want to be given something that I don't deserve. I want to deserve. I want to, uh, that's why we don't like uh, participation trophies, right? Yeah, because, yeah, well, yeah. you know, no, I wanted to, the first place trophy or whatever, the uh, most valuable player trophy. I want right. to just, because that represents what? That I accomplished something and earned something. Yeah. The participation trophy just means <laughs> that, you know, mom and dad signed me up and I came showed up. Uh, so at any rate, uh, I think that is an inherent in all of us. And uh, so we want to um, recognize that Jesus and uh, the message of the gospel cuts at the root of that and says, you cannot do anything good enough mm. to earn. Um, there is no first place, you know, uh, gospel trophy that you, you earned, you won, you merited, you were good enough yeah, for, yeah. for Christ. Uh, we're all sinners, the scripture says. So it's just, we have to recognize that we are saved by his grace, what Christ has done for us. I guess technically we could say you are saved by good works. It's just the good works of another. Right. It's good works of Jesus. <laughs> it's yes. his death, his resurrection his obedience to the law, uh, which is credited to us as well. Yeah, that's so really good. Yeah, so it's his grace. Mm -hmm. But then it's not just that we are saved by his grace and that's it. We're pardoned by grace, but we're also empowered. There's both pardon and power that comes from the gospel. So we're empowered to live for his glory and to obey him. And that's why those kind of good works, um, they're not necessary for my salvation, but they are necessary as someone who's already received salvation by grace yeah. to represent the Lord and to be uh, for the gospel, for the kingdom to expand as yeah. the gospel message goes forth and, and as it's uh, em embodied in the church and in our lives, the good news. So, uh, I, I, and we talked about Ephesians too. I, one thing I want to be committed is not to re-preaching sermons here because if people that are, they heard it, they don't need to hear everything again. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this verse is key. You know, by grace you have been saved through faith. So for by grace, you've been saved. And then he goes on verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So by grace for good works, uh, that's where sin. If you mix those up, then you're saying, if I'm saved by works, you've lost the good news of the gospel. Mm. So, yeah, that's really helpful there. 
Um, while, while it's clear that Jesus has called us to be salt and light in every sphere of our life, um, and we're invited to be his ambassadors in the world as salt and light, right. many of us have failed in this regard. Yeah, you know, sure, we're listening us, to yeah. a, uh, you know, a sermon about how we're representing Christ. And I'm sure so many of us, even myself included, mm-hmm. just things pop in our head, not of how we're excellent at this, but of, wow, I've really dropped the ball. Um, you know, I, you know, we try really hard to do this, but find ourselves continuing to drop the ball. Um, or maybe even others of us have never really taken this charge seriously before. Maybe, maybe we just, um, you know, for maybe even, uh, this isn't temptation of mine as I grew up in church. I'm used to the yeah. message. It's almost like I've become accustomed to, you know, religiosity sure. as it were, but, um, to the point where I'm not actually practicing these things. I just intellectually know to do them instead of actually mm-hmm. obeying Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, what encouragements do you have for those who do feel discouraged by their failures in this area? Yeah, well, I think, uh, <clears throat> and I can relate with you. I, I mean, uh, I, I look at these verses and feel like, yeah, am I, uh, am I being uh, what God has called me to be, as salt and light, as well as is Christ's light shining from uh, from my life to uh, as a testimony to others as well. So I I appreciate that. And I can relate to that. And let's, I think we just start by admitting and saying, man, if the salvation of the world is based on my conduct and your conduct, then the world is going to hell. We could say, really, that's <laughs> yeah. that, it's not good. So it's based on the work of Christ. <clears throat> and uh, I think we have to start with just admitting that we, we do fail in this area. And, um, and just acknowledge that before the Lord, to start with, Lord, forgive me, uh, where I have hidden, where I've put a, a, a basket over over the light that you've given me, where yeah. I have squandered, where I've I've lost my saltiness by uh, conformity to the culture. Um, so, Lord, help me. So, I think we start with the Lord <clears throat> asking His forgiveness, and uh, so we're really walking in the grace of the Lord that He has forgiven us. Um, and then, secondly, I think we just seek to be real. I, I think uh, one of the most powerful truths of the gospel is that uh, Jesus doesn't come for the righteous, but for sinners. Yeah. So if we have it all together, we're not a candidate for, no one does, but we're not a candidate for salvation. We're a candidate for the grace of God when we see our need. Yeah. And I think to communicate that and admit that to others is, is important as well, just to be able to acknowledge. We don't, when we fail, our witness is not shot before others. We're not, you know, permanently our light is not snuffed out and we've permanently lost our saltiness. I think by acknowledging our failures, acknowledging our sins and asking forgiveness of even people who are not Christians. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that is very salty and very bright because the, the <laughs> grace of God shines through. And there's a common humanity there. We're saying to another person, as a Christian, I don't have it all together. Right. Uh, right. I fail. You fail. And, yeah. and I need a Savior as a broken person. It, anytime we can communicate our need for a Savior, that's part of the, that's part of the good news message. And so I think it, it's a setup for us to communicate our, uh, you know, our own need. So yeah. I think that's in terms of people who are, when we fail in that area, I think uh, it's coming back back to Christ receiving his forgiveness and then um, acknowledging you know our need to others yeah as well do you have any advice for someone who kind of is in the other camp of having never really taken this seriously before mm-hmm. and they're trying to think well oh my goodness how do I just flip this switch at work and in my family and it almost feels awkward like I'm just gonna okay I guess I'll just start being this other person yeah. that I've never been before mm-hmm. well um I think that uh, I, I think I would. Let, it's helpful to be very practical, very specific uh, in 
what does it mean in my context to be salt and light? I think if like to say, as you did, hey, do I flip a switch and become just a totally different person? That, uh, that That's not going to happen. Um, but I think we can uh, take an area of our lives uh, where, where maybe we feel like the Lord has put his finger on it to encourage us to grow. And I think we can focus on an area. So maybe it's an area like... Um, um, you know, maybe it's an area like listening. I kind of really mm-hmm. focus on listening to my coworkers and uh, listening to my neighbor and, and be a person who's demonstrating real love and interest. Most people don't have anyone who listen to them. Or I'm going to really focus on hospitality. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to seek to be one who's welcoming others into my home and into my life. And so that's, that's something, those are very specific things yeah. that I could do. So I think it's important to identify something specific. Now, here's what is very interesting. Paul gives gives us in Philippians something very specific. And I think it's one that we rarely consider when we think about being a witness. We think about being salt and light in our culture. Um, And uh, this is how he, this is sort of his take on Jesus's uh, instruction that we are the light of the world, his, uh, or his indicative statement that we are the light of the world. This is what Paul says in Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So in this part of Philippians, Paul's saying you are called, God has made you light because you are in Christ and Jesus is the light of the world. So you are to shine as lights in a crooked and twisted generation. You're to shine as lights in the world. And what is amazing is how do you do that? Become a martyr, uh, you know, something, uh, give away all of your money to everybody. And, you know, is it some kind of radical approach? No, this is what he says. Do all things without grumbling or disputing um, in in the world among whom you shine Mm. as lights in the world. So that's something very specific that I can grab on and say, hey, a chief way that I'm to walk out my faith and I'm to be light in darkness is uh, to live my life uh, without being a grumbler. And Mm. I think for most of us, that's not even a category. I think that's, uh, again, with the fish, with the older fish saying, how's the water, boys? I think for me, it's like, what water? I don't know what water is. That's something, it's so much around me and so much in me that I don't even notice um, how much I tend to grumble and complain. But I believe if we're grateful, joyful people, uh, you know, mute the complaining, the moaning, the grumbling, that we have capacity to really add a kingdom seasoning, to shine the kingdom light um, in dramatic ways because it's just so uh, it's just so uncommon to let our spoken words, our, our words on social media be gracious, to be grateful. Um, again, pick the topic and it's just easy to quickly go to complaining. Yeah. And it's easy to quickly join with others in that. Complaining is, is an attractional yeah. kind of ministry, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's the weather. We're complaining about the weather. We're complaining about our spouse, our kids. We're complaining about our crazy relatives. We complain about the traffic. Uh, at work, think about the many, uh, the multitude of opportunities to complain about the workload, complain yeah. about corporate, complain about your boss, your clients, your customers, your coworkers. Uh, we complain at school about the teachers and their assignments, about the coach. Uh, some people even complain about the church, Jared. Oh, no. no. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? On Google reviews? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know about that. But we can complain about in politicians and politics. This is one I'm I'm very convicted about. My I just I, I can just just my mouth can just go uh, flow so loosely in mm. complaint and self righteousness about uh, certain things in the political world. And it's everybody does this on and on, and it's accepted. Yeah. This last week I, I jotted this down. I read a um, a tweet by a guy I don't know him, but. He said, being an adult is pretty easy. You just feel tired all the time and tell people about how tired you are and they tell you about how tired they are. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, it's a bit cynical, but what he's saying is this is adulthood. Just be tired and tell people, complain about your fatigue, allow them to complain about their fatigue. And uh, then this is the adult life. So it's probably a little more complex than that. But you get the point. I think this idea where Paul has said, do all things without grumbling or disputing. So don't provoke people. But rather, what does Jesus say? We're to be peacemakers. Yeah. That's part of kingdom life. Don't grumble, but as a meek person, be grateful for all that the Lord has done. So it's, Lord, help me to cultivate an attitude and an awareness of gratitude for uh, all that you've done for me and uh, all that you are doing for me. And help me to speak this kind of joyful language where I'm honoring others. I'm bringing encouragement to others from a heart that's uh, grateful because of grace. And uh, that's, that shines, that stands out when you don't jump into, uh, well, not just jump in, I initiate the complaining. But when I don't initiate or I don't just jump in, but yeah. uh, my speech is different, I think that's a very simple way to stand out as light in the darkness and can actually open a door for a gospel conversation down the road. Yeah, that's really helpful. Really, really helpful. It's interesting, uh, you know, I, I think we all know this, but even, you know, websites like Yelp that, yeah. are, that are dedicated to reviewing yeah. businesses and stuff. Right. Everyone talks about the fact that if, uh, you know, as a business owner or, you know, if you're an entrepreneur or whatever, people, if, if something goes right, they're probably not going to tell anyone exactly. about it. It's exactly. just kind of like, oh, that was great. Yeah. Bye. But yeah. if something goes wrong, they're going to tell everyone Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. It's so interesting that that is totally our tendency. And, and you're, you're kind of reminding us of a very, very, uh, you know, practical way that we can actively start being salt and light. Um, I, I think that's great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. Well, that's it's, good. it's easy to, to swim with the culture, yeah. you know, uncritically of being uncritical of ourselves yeah. on this one. And, uh, so, and we're in such a polarized moment in our, in our culture. Mm. And I just yeah. think the ability to, I mean, um, the, the ease at which we can complain, judge, grumble, dispute is what Paul says in Philippians two. Yeah. The way we can be looking for a dispute, uh, it, it, this is this is uh, ubiquitous. It's just it, it just permeates and saturates our culture. And if we're going to saturate the culture with light and be the salt of the earth, then uh, we're going to need the Lord to uh, help us, empower us to uh, speak a different language. Really. Yeah, that's great. Very helpful, man. Um, I loved on Sunday how you uh, referenced the song "This Little Light of Mine." Yes, that was great. I uh, <laughs> never. My head. Ne- it's profound theology. It, it really Church. is. Well, when I was little and we would sing that song, I don't, I don't, I didn't know what a bushel was, right. so I was trying to like, you know deconstruct this song and understand what it was trying to say. And in my little six-year-old brain, I came, you know, I basically landed on, okay, it's hide it under a bush. Oh no. Oh, I love it. But, but here's the thing is, you know, why would you put a a candle in a bush? Like it's gonna, it's either gonna flammable. Yeah. So I just thought it was the stupidest song for the longest time. Oh no. (laughs) 
that makes is, a whole lot of sense yeah, when yeah. it's uh, referencing, you know, Jesus's words. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that, that, and that may be the most profound revelation you got this last Sunday. It, it really was. Yeah. It really was. Thank you for your, for your consistent biblical teaching. It, here to serve, brother. <laughs> I am here to serve. Oh man. Well, that's great. Well, uh, thanks for uh, bringing some clarity to those areas. Uh, do we have anything uh, coming up at church or anything you want to talk we, about? Yeah, let's see. Well, a uh, couple things. This is our inaugural, uh, inaugural podcast. So we'll see if, if, uh, I think this will go out before Sunday for sure. So if you're listening to this before, uh, this coming Sunday, the first Sunday of November, take note that this coming Sunday is our uh, generations fund. Mm. And I couldn't be more excited about the last couple of weeks testimonies that we had. I mean, the testimony about the adoption fund from Callie, I mean, starting an adoption yeah. fund, but Callie's testimony about how uh, others contributed yeah. uh, and enabled them to um, adopt Jameson was very powerful. It was one of the highlights of this last Sunday. Yeah, I don't know that we're doing Sunday reviews, but I just did. That was fantastic. <laughs> very encouraging. So yes. I'm excited about that part of it. The week before, uh, FJ just uh, sort of uh, you know, talking about what it means to think about the next generation and to be financially responsible and even generous and sacrificial so that yeah. we hand the next generation um, a location from which to do ministry that mm-hmm. is that they're not paying for. Yeah. So I love that one. And then uh, also church planting. We talked about that briefly as well. So that's this Sunday. If you could just uh, just pray, I would just recommend praying and asking, hey, Lord, what are, what are you calling me to do? How could I be, uh, how could I participate in the mission? And obviously generosity is a way that we are salt and light as well. Um, and the way that we swim against the tide. So that, that's one thing this Sunday. And then also, um, if you're listening to this before Wednesday at midnight, Wednesday's Halloween, I think, right? It is Reformation yes. Day. Refor- oh, yes. Well, I'm sorry. Come I just, on, brother. Yeah, sorry to be, <laughs> sorry to be of the darkness. That was there, not very that, spiritual. Yeah, that you. was not. Yeah. Can you edit that out? But uh, so let's see. This is the 31st, and it is uh, Halloween or Reformation Day, and um, so. By midnight, if you if you register for the men's retreat before midnight, the the figure I've heard from Rob on Sundays is that you save forty percent. That is really? a savings. He said forty. I, I'm assuming that's accurate. Forty percent. And uh, the men's retreat, it'll be a regional retreat that we'll be doing uh, in February. But I, the thing I'm excited about is that our theme this year, our ministry theme is transformed by the word. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we did Psalm 119. Now we're trusting God to transform us through the uh, Sermon on the Mount. But that's going to actually be the the men of the word is going to be the theme of the regional conference as well. So some of the things are going to be talked about there that I'm excited about. We're going to obviously talk about delighting, you know, in God's word, loving God's word. We're also going to talk about the trustworthiness of God's word. This Mm. is a real, this is a live issue for for many of us and and in our culture, for sure, to understand, is God's word trustworthy? Is it it true? And and how can I, uh, why why should I trust God's word? So we're going to be talking about that. the Bible and how what what role the Bible plays in our sort of everyday witness, the kind of things we're talking about now, how the mm-hmm. Bible affects our business, literally, uh, our work lives, uh, how the Bible sustains us uh, in trial and suffering. Um, how do we pass on biblical truth to our children, the next generation for those who are parents? Um, how, uh, how do we care for others uh, with scriptural? So how do we, uh, you know, sort of how do we, when people suffer and struggle and go through difficult times, how can we care for them yeah, and skillfully see? Yeah. So those are some of the kind of things that we're going to be talking about at the conference. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward, uh, forward to that and think it'll be something that'll uh, serve our men well. So you can obviously sign up 
after Reformation Day. Um, but uh, you can, uh, if you sign up uh, by midnight on the 31st, you will save 40%. And yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a deal at twice that's the, the price. That's uh, the Martin Luther special? The Martin Luther special, there yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I don't, that might be too cheesy to leave yeah, in. We'll see. Yeah, we'll know. see. Well, that, you know, touching on whether it's cheesy or not, we're inviting your feedback. Yes, yes. <laughs> Continuing uh, to do this podcast, you know, we're, we're excited about the possibility of it being a really cool and unique way of resourcing um, just our church to continue to apply Sundays as they go throughout their week, uh, helping us all to walk as disciples of Christ and become more like him. Um, but we do want your feedback, you know, if topics are helpful, um, you know, definitely, you know, the length of the podcast, we don't want to talk for an hour. Um, you know, so we just want to get your, your feedback as listeners. And then, uh, definitely a reminder, we're doing text in questions related to the sermon on Sundays. So if you have questions as, as, uh, you know, whether it's Craig or Rob or whoever's preaching is preaching, uh, you know, feel free to whip out your phone. We'll give you a pass this time on looking at your phone, um, during the sermon and, uh, text in at, uh, the number is four, six, nine, five, seven, three, two, nine, two, oh. And, uh, yeah. So if, if you're hearing the message and something pops in your head and you're not sure how to, you know, apply that to a specific place in your life or, or just kind of want to hear that fleshed out a little bit more, feel free to text in that question. We'll receive it. And, uh, hopefully we'll be able to address it here on the podcast each week. So, uh, looking forward to it, Craig, this is, uh, turning out to be a fun time and, uh, yes. just excited to uh, see what God does with this. Looking forward to it. Did you introduce yourself by the way, at the beginning? I did. I said, I'm Jared. I'm Jared Howell. Jared uh, Howell. If, yeah. You know, some a lot of this is just in our church people listening to this podcast yes. so they may know who I am I'm the guy who preached last week but they yes. may not know who you are so oh, I'm going to describe you okay Jared is the bearded wonder ah. th- that you frequently uh, see playing electric guitar mm. on the stage you know I never thought of making that an official title but bearded wonder bearded just... wonder you, you have a respectable beard well so do you well, and I just you know when I, we first showed up here you did not have a beard yes and it, that's not to say I didn't respect you as much as I do now yes. but just after seeing the beard on your face is that just, right yeah I, no. I guess maybe there's just a, re- a relatableness with you guys will not uh, affirm anything and one this is generalism as general statement <laughs> guys will not affirm anything about one another's appearance. I would never say, Hey, Jared, I love your shoes, mm. you know, but, but I, but they will affirm one another's uh, beard. It's true. It's and a pass. So it is. And so that good. you have a, uh, a respectable, uh, beard. So anyway, Jared is the guy with a beard playing electric guitar on Sunday mornings. And so if you see him, <laughs> you can, uh, you can say hi. That's and, me. Uh, there it is. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. thanks for doing this, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. And, uh, cool. Well, we hope you guys have a great week. See you later.